0: Welcome to the Martech
1: Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss the importance of first party data. Joining us is Chris Savage, who is the CEO of Wistia, which makes marketing software, video series, and educational content based on the belief that anyone can use video to grow their business and brand. And in addition to providing us with our guest today, Wistia is also a sponsor of the Martech Podcast. And today, Chris and I are going to discuss why marketers need to lean into first party data. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Chris Savage, the CEO of Wistia. Chris, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me back. Excited to have you back on the show. I will start off again like I always do by saying thank you. You and Wistia are a kind sponsor of the MarTech Podcast. Thank you for all of your support and excited to chat with you today. A little bit about what's happening sort of broadly in marketing We are seeing changes in access to third-party data, cookie deprecation, and the world is saying, go get more first-party data. First off, talk to me about what that is, what it means, and why we should be doing it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think we're seeing a few major changes. Google has plans to phase out third-party cookies in Chrome in 2024. The Apple changes have restricted the data that Facebook was able to get at other platforms in terms of the intelligence to try to help you target ads to get to your customer. And then I think the other big thing happening right now, which would be kind of crazy to ignore is like Twitter just got bought by an individual person. So building on these other platforms, well, a really important thing to do, you know, building on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, like whatever the best platform is for you, building on these social platforms is really important. But you have to be able to build your own audience. And you have to have a way of getting your own first party data if you want to be able to have a strategy that can sustain these macro level changes,
1: so I feel like we've seen 10 or 15 years of marketing being basically the same note. It was understand who your customers are, ask them where they consume content, and build your marketing programs to optimize for visibility, awareness, and then demand generation from those platforms. And often with your D2C platforms where people, we're seeing people rely on social media, Facebook and Google b2b was a little different a lot of linkedin we started to see webinars e commerce, and now we're kind of seeing a reshuffling of the deck you're saying hey ignore or maybe don't prioritize those channels to start building your own audience so do i have to go out and build my own facebook how am i actually going to build an audience that's replicable
2: you're going to use the tools and protocols that exist like email that right now today no one else can just take your email list Building an active email list of people who, not people who signed up for your product or service, or your content five years ago, but people who have recently signed up and engaged is one of the most valuable, simple things you can do. Putting some effort towards driving traffic to your website in for any type of business, be it B2B, that's normal. But B2C too, also really important, finding ways of having that direct connection while also using the platforms. Like I'm not saying don't use the platforms. You have to use the platforms. That's where everyone's spending their time. Like you should be on LinkedIn. You should be looking at TikTok, you should be thinking about YouTube, but you need to have a way of connecting directly. And you need some first party data so you can have a sense and you can really just formulate if you want to call it an algorithm, your own algorithm for the value of the audiences on the different platforms that you're building and where you should be spending your time. And that future proofs you so that if the platforms really do go through a substantial change, which they're all likely to do, you have a base of a connection point with your customers that you can go back to and that you can use to build on the next platform or just communicate with folks directly.
1: Now, there's multiple different types of first party data, and it's different across mediums. In podcasting, the only real first party data that we can get access to is IP address. In video, if you're a video producer, I'm not really sure what first party data looks like. Yeah, if you're driving traffic to your website, you might be able to do demand capture through email, but mobile app IDs, IP addresses, there's all sorts of other retargeting bits and points of data. What are some of the other ways outside of create a lead magnet that captures an email address are there?
2: Yeah, I mean it's the email address. It's the time spent with these different mediums. You know, one of the things you can do with Wistia is you can have people subscribe to your podcast via email on your site, while also publishing the RSS to all the different platforms. Where most of your subscribers are going to be on the other platforms, they're going to be wherever people natively listen to podcasts. But some people will subscribe via email because they want to have the direct connection. They want extra content. They want more behind the scenes. On my own podcast, we do surveys via email to listeners every once in a while to understand what they want more of. And I was talking to another podcaster about this, and they're like, wait, you can do that? You can have a direct connection?
1: I'm going to embarrass myself here. Wait, you can do that? (laughs) Go on. I'm listening.
2: Yeah, it's a very simple thing. But when you do that, then you can attach the listening time or the viewing time. If it's a video podcast, you can take that across not just the individual media, but like give me the view of this person and all the things they've interacted with. That's the type of thing you can do at Wistia and then we take that and give that to you in a way that you can put that into your marketing automation and you can create automations around it or you can retarget based on what people view all that kind of stuff the key though that we're talking about here is you have to have a way of getting them to your site the website is still incredibly important and i look at it as like well, will stay on my own podcast example it's a small fraction of the listeners who are going to the site to listen When we were starting the podcast, it was actually most of the listeners were coming to wissy.com slash like talking too loud. That's like where they went. And over time, as the audience has been built up, it's maybe 10 or 15% of folks will engage with the podcast on the website. But because they are engaging there, some of them are subscribing via email, we're able to have the direct connection and have a sense of what the whole audience wants. And so that's really helpful. Because we've been able to see things like the overall viewing time, benchmarking against not just downloads, but actual plays, those types of things. And then you can go look at what's happening in the rest of the industry via RSS to have a sense of how well it's doing, where we should invest, what we should
1: do next, all that kind of stuff. Time for a one minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Then join brands like Samsung, Ing, and Asahi, who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth Ox, the marketing mix modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at Mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X.co. So help me prioritize here. We've got a couple different aspects of marketing that we've floated around. There's one creating some sort of authority and awareness on platforms where you don't own the data and the experience. There's getting people to your website. Once you have them to your website, are you trying to sell? Are you trying to capture email? Are you trying to get them to engage in a survey? How do you figure out what the right blend is and what the right prioritization is for your brand? And does it change by industries, B2B different than B2C? I mean, it definitely changes by
2: industries, right? It's kind of correlated usually to the more expensive your product or services, the more time and research and connection someone has to have before they buy. We live in a world where 10 years ago, people expected if you talk to a sales rep, they would help you do the research. And over time, as there's more content available and expectations have shifted, our customers are expecting to be able to do more of the research themselves and have more of an understanding of what they're potentially signing up for themselves. So that shifts what you need to do. I would say the first things you need to do if someone's hitting your website in B2B is what are you looking for that you can't find? How can I help you find that content or information? And trying to close that gap of research and close that gap of understanding so that when people are ready to talk to you, or they're ready to buy, they actually know what they need to know in that moment. So I think that's really important. And then from an owned content perspective on any platform, you need to pick a platform and a channel where you can actually keep investing and keep growing it. And then you want to look at the amount of time with the brand. And if the content's good, and you have a, some small sample, qualitative or quantitative, and you have a sense of like the content you're putting out there is really good, then time becomes a really helpful indicator, like a leading indicator of brand value. So we look at that a lot, like hours watched, hours consumed. And if we're getting a lot of that with our content, then that's telling us that those people are probably primed for stuff deeper in the funnel
1: all right so if time invested with your brand is one of the key metrics that you're looking at to figure out whether somebody is ready to be sold to or not how do you evaluate that based on the different channels the time spent reading a blog post is different than the amount of content consumed in a podcast or video is a minute the same depending on what the medium is it's not
2: it's hard to spend an hour just on a blog post The way I like to think about it is like someone who doesn't have a deep connection to our brand yet, they're going to spend seconds with us trying to evaluate if they should spend more time with us. Someone who is in the market for your product or service, it's going to potentially change their business, change the growth of someone's career, help them solve some problem they wouldn't have been able to solve otherwise. That person will be willing to spend an enormous amount of time with the content. So if you have a podcast that is an hour long and people are spending two minutes with it, probably it's not working. If it's an hour long, people are spending 40 minutes with it. You're probably onto something in terms of having the right value for folks. But I do think it's very different by medium. We've seen in our data that one of the things that happened with COVID that has not changed since pre-2020 is the amount of consumption of long-form video has gone up dramatically.
1: Tell me more about that. I'm actually a little surprised. I think that I look at my YouTube consumption. That's the primary video consumption channel for me. But I've started leaning towards shorter form. Like if it's not a five minute video or less, I'm out. I don't have time for that. So it's bifurcating. Basically, what's happening
2: is like you have YouTube shorts and reels and TikTok where we are swiping second by second if we're not engaged. It used to be make your video under a minute and hope that people stick with it. That was the goal. It's like shorter is better. It's turned into like, if you can't have a hook in the first two seconds, no one is going to engage or watch us. Now, if you can, you can get in front of a lot of people who are swiping, looking for interesting and entertaining content. But if you find a topic, if you find a brand, if you find something that someone's really interested in, they are willing to go much deeper than they were before. In our B2B world, it's a lot of webinars it's a lot of podcasts, it's a lot of just long form in depth stuff that folks like you're not going to get the same number of views on a short, of course, many fewer views, but the time spent can be enormous. I think about it a lot as like, what is it doing for the viewer? And if you can really change someone's career, if you can make their business, you're actually making their business more successful, if you're de-risking dramatically an expensive purchase for them, then it's totally worth their time to engage with that long-form content. We live in an internet culture now. So any niche you care about, we all have an expectation like, you can go to YouTube and I can look up how do I build an outdoor wooden sauna? And there will be tons of content instantly about how to do that on any topic, right? And the, whatever the first thing is, is probably pretty compelling. <laughs> And it's probably not a minute, it's probably long form. But if I'm seriously considering doing that, then I will watch the content and try to educate myself. And so it's almost like when everyone went home, they started looking and realizing, wow, there's content for me everywhere. So I think it's also an opportunity for your brand. If you don't have that long form content, if you're not letting people go deep, you're probably missing an opportunity for the person who is like a super fan or that your product can really solve a problem for them.
1: All right, last question I have for you today. As we start to think about the need for collecting first-party data, yes, we all want first-party data. We all want as many listeners, eyeballs, ear holes, whatever medium we're going to go to to start driving people to our site, to capture emails, to be able to have that connection and market to them. How tightly do you think the content you're producing has to be to your brand? Wistia is about video, right? Can you just start creating... General marketing content, general business content, videos about building saunas, like whatever gets people to your website? I think about it as you need to define what your mission is as a business. Hopefully,
2: you've figured that out. You know, Ours help every business thrive with video. And then within that, there's a bunch of stuff our product can help people with. And there's a bunch of stuff our product will never help people with. There's a long tail of things. That long tail is probably really good for content. So we want to mine that long tail and look for opportunities within it. How to build a sauna? Not going to be great. That might scratch my own itch because I was literally just thinking about it today. But I don't think that's going to be the thing. But if it was someone's building a sauna and we're showing an example of how to make a compelling educational long form video with that as an example, then it might be perfect. So I think it's the angle you come to it from and also like the brand voice that you have and the authority. And the more successful you are with your content, the more you earn the right to go broader but going broad to start usually doesn't work because you can't break through.
1: Every company needs to be a media business. We all need to lean into first-party data, understand who your customers are and build content for them. We've all heard these monikers over and over in the last year, two years. There is a tidal wave. There is a change in the landscape. There is a seismic shift happening in marketing, and it has to do with our access and ability to use data. And the real way to get around the changes in what's happening on the performance marketing side is to start investing more in creating your own content, building your own traffic source and being able to convert it. That's really the secret for marketing probably for this upcoming year. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Chris Savage, the CEO of Wistia. Join us again tomorrow when Chris and I continue our conversation talking about how to create dynamic live videos. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Chris, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is savage. that's C-S-A-V-A-G-E, or you can visit his company's website, which is wistia.com, W-I-S-T-I-A.com.